Hypocrisy's the best policy Wish for change but lazily Century of debilitation Your evolution is a damnation You know what that music means. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka Five Minute Major, and welcome to season three of HV Pucks. I'm proud to say this is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. What separates me from the mainstream is that you do not need a newspaper or cable TV subscription to access my content. It is available for free on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. HV Pucks is underwritten by the healthcare law firm of Einiger and Associates, specifically managing partner Scott Einiger, to promote youth sports and various health initiatives in our local communities. And before we drop the puck on this week's episode, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. This is Mike Chaparelli from Mounting Tigers. You're listening to HV Pucks, available free at Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Now back to the show. And by now, you know that one of the things I enjoy the most about hosting this podcast is when I get to sit down with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. I recently had the opportunity to chat with Peter Thomas, head coach of the Rye Garnets varsity hockey team. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Peter Thomas, Peter is the head coach of the Rye Garnets. He's got about 15 years in the game. I would say 10 years as, as an assistant coach. In the last five years, he served as the, the head coach and bench boss behind uh, the Garnets. Uh, he's taking a little bit of time out on uh, New Year's Day to chat with me, and I really do appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, Coach. Happy New Year. How's it going? Happy New Year, Travis. Going really well. Happy to talk to you today. Oh, listen, it's been a, you know, it's a pleasure to have you on. I've been after you for a little bit now. So um, can you describe your team in five words or less? In five words or less. Wow, that's tough. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd say we're we're young, uh, tenacious, uh, growing, process oriented. Uh, you know, I would agree with all that. I've seen you a handful of times. I saw you at Rye Playland, and I saw you a couple times at the, the Ice Hutch at Edwitz's tournament. And I do like what I'm seeing out of you as far as your talent, your development, your skill, your, again, tenacity with the puck, uh, the pursuit of the puck. And certainly I, I like what I see in goal, too, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, sure. What excites you the most about this team? Uh, you know what? I think what I'm really excited about this team is that this is one of the younger teams I've coached in a while. Okay. And and along with that youth is, it, it's kind of like I'm working with a little bit of a blank slate as a coach. Mm, nice. Um, so I feel like I'm doing a lot more coaching this year than I have in years past. Mm. And what's really great about this team is just how receptive they are to, nice. to learning and, and being coached, um, which, you know, isn't always the case. Uh, a lot of times in, in coaching, you'll, you'll get kids who are kind of set in their ways because they've, you know, been coached to do something a certain way for so long and, and it kind of just becomes their habit. And, and when you try to come in and, and kind of 
coach them in a certain way or teach them something new, it, it, it's kind of white noise to them. But but this team is really seeming to be very receptive to, to wanting to learn, to wanting to improve. Um, and I think that's what's really exciting for me this year. That's got to be incredibly rewarding as a coach. Um, any surprises this season in terms of maybe kids that have come up from a JV or a modified program or even just the development um, you know, of students or, or players, let's say, from year one to year two to year three? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think if you look at the way my team breaks down this year, we've got um, we've got eight seniors um, who are a really cohesive group, which which I think is really important for a team. But after that, it's it's really kind of you know I think we got three or four juniors, three or four sophomores, and then six freshmen that we hmm. brought in this year. Nice. And um, and what's what's really kind of cool is is seeing that a lot of these seniors have really kind of stepped into prominent roles hmm. and, and and really kind of grown as player um you know for example like a like a chris myers um whose second year varsity um was on the jv freshman and sophomore year and just you know i think you know has the ability to to score with anyone in the section I mean, he's got that kind of a dangerous shot um and and really just kind of really committed to it this year and, nice. and you can see him really want to wanting to you know go after it as a senior um you know and I, I see that really across the board um you know one of my senior defensemen and captain johnny finnegan you know i i don't think there's a player that plays with more heart than this kid and and you look at him and you'll say you know he's certainly not the biggest player on the ice you know certainly not the fastest or most skilled but he'll, he'll be physical he knows the game he's got such a high hockey iq and he's really just stepped up as one of our probably best players and leaders I mean, that's, a, that's again, all tremendous accolades and adjectives. I mean, being a young team, a coachable team, developing that winning culture. And again, it's, you know, kind of that work in progress and kids being receptive to your, uh, your feedback and your coaching. Um, what is it like to have, because I, I didn't realize this when I first saw her play at Playland and then at the Hutch, and then I looked at the program and I put two and two together and I even asked you, what is it like to coach your daughter, Annabelle, who is, you know, a phenomenal goalie for the Garnets? You know, it's 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 been interesting because um, I haven't had the opportunity to coach any of my kids since uh, they were squirts, okay. and um, and and that's been quite a few years. Uh, I think the last time was uh, was when she was a squirt. Uh, I, I coached her, and um, and you know, all the while, you know, I, I've kind of there's been that line dividing me as a dad and and a coach, mm-hmm. and. And it's definitely been interesting having her on the team this year. Um, you know, first of all, that obviously she's a girl. Yep. Um, secondly, that uh, you know she's she's my kid. Right. So going into the season, you know, I, I I pulled in my assistant coaches and said, "Listen, you know, I I want you guys to really take the lead on evaluating our goalies this year." And I was like, "And take." You know, don't don't take any account of, into what the goalie's last name is. Um, right, I right. want you to be honest with me, you know, and 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 tell me, you know, because I'm I'm just interested in who who the best goalie for us is. Right. You know, who, who's going to be the one that gives us the best chance to win games or compete in games? And and to to a person, every last coach, you know, basically felt that Annabelle gave us the best chance to win. Mm. Um, and and you know what, and I think you see that in from our players too. Yeah. Um, the way they play, the way they support her, um, 
you know, they, they, I think in their hearts believe that she gives us a good chance to win. And, and that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, um, and absolutely. it's made, made my life coaching her much easier too. <laughs> I can imagine, you know, um, I, I never played the game. I can't even skate. My daughters don't play. They dance competitively. And, you know, as a parent, just to watch your kids succeed in something that they're passionate about and something that they love, there's nothing more rewarding, you know, whether it's a dance competition or whether it's watching my older daughter, you know, cheer for the hometown Washingtonville Wizards team here. Um, what impact... Shifting gears here, Coach, what impact do you think the new rules statewide, like the 17-minute periods or the two-minute penalties, you know, have not only on your squad, but just on, you know, Section 1 or the, you know, hockey in general in the state? Uh, you know what? I, I'm actually one of the Section 1 coaches that's for the rule change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's better. Uh, I think it gives us more of an opportunity to to coach the game and, and develop players a little bit more. Um and, and really puts a lot more emphasis on the depth of your team. Um, you know, you can't, or, you know, I mean, I guess you could, but I don't recommend leaving one power play unit or one penalty kill unit out for a full two-minute penalty. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think teams that have more depth are definitely going to benefit from the rule change um, just because, you know, it, it doesn't sound like much, but at the end of the game, that six minutes really adds up uh, for sure. And, and I think, being a deeper team, I think we definitely benefit from that um, on any given night. I'll definitely roll three and, and feel comfortable on certain nights being able to just roll four lines. And I, I don't feel like a whole lot of teams can do that. Uh, at the same time, I think, you know, for section one in particular, it's it's a bit of a challenge just because of the financial. <laughs> yes, I, I would agree. And the team will remain nameless. I'm not going to embarrass anybody, put anybody on blast, but I was at a game very early in the season and up on the clock, I saw 15 minute periods and I went over and I said, guys, what's going on? And they said, well, you know, again, we, the ice time is a little bit of an issue. So, and I know something went out afterwards to all the coaches, um, you know, explaining kind of our situation. I get it. You know, being at least in Rockland, I know Westchester, there's more rinks, but in Rockland, there's very few rinks and ice is expensive. And, but again, if the rest of the state is going 17 and two, I think it behooves us to do the same. So, um, biggest game, actually, no, let me ask you about the leagues. What, what are your thoughts on the new leagues? I know we went back to three leagues, league A, B, C, or leagues one, two, three. What are your thoughts on the breakdown of the new leagues for this year? You know, I, I think the way the leagues were broken down, I think they're pretty accurate in terms of competition. I would agree. Um, I would agree. You know, and I, th- I think that's ultimately what we want yep. uh, is to have competitive games. You know, I remember a few years back, um, you know, I, I had a particularly strong team. And, and you know, the leagues, we, we had the, for the most part, the power leagues then too, but then we had these mandatory crossover games. And, and you know, so... You know, we had Nyack Tap and Z, you know, on our schedule, and and you know, Nyack really had didn't want to play, um, right. and and I understand why. Sure. And you know, it's it's not a good game for them. It wasn't a good game for us. Mm-hmm. And I think there was too much of that. And I think that's why we really kind of over the past couple of years went to the power league. Sure. Um, which which ultimately is what we want. We want competitive games. Um, you know, we don't want blowouts where neither team's benefiting, you know? Exactly. So, so I think that's been a good thing. Uh, I think there's still a little work to do in terms of how you, you know, provide points for the, for the league structure. Um, because, you know, I, I think us and, and 
Clarkstown were a great example last season. You know, us and Clarkstown were playing up in that top league last year, and, right. and we were both struggling to win games. You know, we were we were competitive in all of them, but uh, you know, we, we were you know basically at the bottom of the league mm-hmm. and getting seated behind teams that were in the bottom league. And, and you know, in I guess my personal opinion is that you know. Yeah, I know their record was better than ours, but at the same time, you know, they're not really playing the same competition that we are. And, and I think there has to be some kind of a factor that accounts for the quality of the opponent that you're playing. I mean, you know, us last year, we, you know, we played Sweet Home up in Lake Placid and, and lost a 3-2 game to them. And that's the eventual D2 state yeah, champion. Yeah, I'm good. We got zero points yeah, for that. You unbe- know? Unbelievable. I'm going to have Dave Gerspatch on the show, actually. I had, I had, um, Mike Ferreri from Victor on yesterday, and I'm going to have Dave Gersbach on. I think it's important to have the the state champs on the show. But I wholeheartedly I agree with you, Coach, because, again, if you're, I did a special last year on strength of schedule, and if you're in the top league and you're playing top teams around the state, you're taking the time to travel, I think that it should show in the rankings or the ratings or the, you know, the you know, whatever the, the standings, if you will. So I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I also think we should take a look at what Connecticut does because in Connecticut, if you have a good season, you're going to be rewarded with going to the top league. If you don't have a good season, you're kind of put down into a lower league. So I think that that's something we should also take a look at, but that's just me um, looking at your calendar. And you might say that the next game is certainly the biggest game of the season, but in your opinion, coach, biggest game of the season? Uh, you know, just just because of, the history, I'd have to say it's going to be Pelham. Okay. Yep. On January 30th, um, you know, there's just just this long-standing rivalry that exists there, and um, you know, it, it's a game that they circle on their calendar, we circle sure. on ours. Yep. It, it means a lot to both teams, um, and you know, it's a game that uh, that they've certainly had the better end of for the for the past few years, mm-hmm. quite a few years actually. Um, you know, but. They've certainly gotten more competitive is that, uh, over that time. Is that game going to be at the Hutch or is that going to be at uh, Playland? No, it's going to be at Playland this oh, year. Oh, nice, nice. So, so, yeah. so we get to host that one. You know, it's funny. I've, I've, because I always ask the players when I, when I interview them. You know, biggest rival, and sometimes the, the, the coach like Wits will always say Rye. You know, based on the history, the players sometimes will say Rye, or they'll say somebody else. But yeah, that sounds like it's going to be a good tilt. So again, January thirtieth at Rye Playland. If you guys get a chance to get out there and check that out. Um, outside of let's say Rye Playland, of course, coach toughest rink to play in. Oh boy, um, you know what I. I I'd have to be crazy not to say uh, Sportorama against Suffern. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, just the way they pack that place oh, yeah. and uh, just the crowd, yep. it, it, it's certainly an intimidating rink to play in. You're in very good company, Coach, because most people I ask, whether they're coaches or whether they're, they're players, they all say Sportorama. And I'm a little bit biased. I am a Suffering guy. I grew up in Suffering, never played, had a lot of friends that played. I knew eight of the 11 seniors that won the 2012 uh, state championship, which is another one of the inspirations for me starting the show, just having a connection with the players. Um and I was there opening night, and when Crazy Train comes on, no matter where I am, I'm instantly transported back to the late 80s to the rink, you know, watching my friends, and it can be a very intimidating um, place to play. Uh, fa- oh, for sure. Favorite to- I'll tell you what, I Go mean, ahead. I think that's, that's probably part of why I even say, you know, in addition to coaching at Rye for the past, you know, 15 or so years, you know, I, I was also a player back at Rye, and I sure. remember those knockdown, you know, drag them out affairs with suffering. Yep. So when I played back in uh, the early 90s. So. Sure. 
Yeah, good times for sure. Um, Frey, I know you guys take some road trips and you travel a little bit, which provides a great you know bonding experience for your players, but also, again, exposes them, introduces them to top talent throughout the state. Is there a favorite tournament that you look forward to every year, Coach? Or road trip? Uh, you know, or road trip? We've, we've done so many great ones. Um, I'll tell you, the one, the, the two we're doing that we that we've got on the schedule this year are, are two of my favorites. Um, you know, we just got back from Plattsburgh yeah. uh, on the 23rd of sure. December, and, and that's just a great tournament because it, it really, it's a first-class tournament. Yeah. Um, Justin Frechette up at Beekmantown really puts on a first-class tournament. Awesome. Um, from the facility, it's at the Plattsburgh State Arena. Um, you know, so the facility's top-notch. You know, he, he, the locker rooms he gives us are top-notch. You know, the area's great. Uh, there's a lot for the kids to do. Um, and you know what? It's it's a good five-and-a-half, six-hour bus ride, sure. which is just a terrific time for, for the players to bond um, yeah. and really kind of grow together as a family. Um, so I, I really do love that tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and like I said, you know, the way Justin coaches, he's certainly in the same mindset I am. You know, nice. that we're, we're not focused on just you know, coaching a team for one year, but like really building a program from the ground up and, and having success for years to come. Um, so I, I like the way he coaches his team. I like his mindset and, and, and the tournament is great. Um, you know, the other one, we're going up to Lake Placid in uh, February. Awesome. And, awesome. you know, it, there's just, there's just something to be said for, for Lake Placid. You know, you, you go up there and, and you kind of step back in history and, and you feel like, you know, the minute you cross into that town line, you, you feel like it's 1980 again. You really yeah. Nineteen February twenty second, nineteen eighty. I was nine years old. I, that game was actually played on my birthday, so I always have a, wow. you know, a special. Always have, but it was tape delay, so you know. Again, you you didn't know what had happened until you know after the fact. But yeah, so every every February, I'm kind of reminded as a hockey fan, you know, that history also happened on the day I was born. Um, yeah, that's for sure. Fifteen years in the game, coach. Certainly, you know. And then you know, as a player, uh, what do you look for in a hockey player? Uh, you know what? I look for character. Um, first and foremost, yeah. you know, I, I look at the attitude. I look at the coachability. I, I, I think those intangibles are so much more important than necessarily skill on the ice. Sure. Um, because over the years, I've seen so many players come and go who have had so much skill, but, you know, didn't always have the, the right makeup or, right. or or have that character component, and and really what you would see is that you know it would it would erode team chemistry. Sure. Um, you know they would kind of play for themselves. So I'd say the first and foremost thing that I look for is good character in yeah. a player. That's great. Um, That's great. I you know, I, I, I want to say <clears throat> that I'm looking for someone that you know whether they're on the ice you know, getting a regular shift or, or whether, you know, they're on the bench that they're pulling for their teammates sure. and, and that, and, and that's really important. Um, and I think that mindset really makes for a good player and it makes for someone who's, who wants to be part of the team and, and not just kind of focus on themselves. No, I think that's great. That also goes back to, again, that winning culture, you know, again, developing that family mindset, that team mindset. Um, again, 15 years in the game, also as a player, you had that experience. In your opinion, what makes a successful hockey coach? You know what? I, I think a successful hockey coach is, is someone who's a lifelong learner. You know, in addition to being a coach, you know, I'm also a teacher at Rye High School. Right. So, I, you know, I believe in constantly learning and, and, and this idea that you, you never know everything. So um, I 
think a successful coach is someone who is constantly looking to learn something new. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and one of the things I always tell, you know, any potential assistant coach is I want you to tell me if you think I'm wrong, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, share, share your ideas with me. And, and actually what I'm even finding too lately is that, you know, you have to evolve as a coach. Sure. Um, you know, it, it takes a different kind of coach now to reach today's player than, you know, the players that, you know, around when I played. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, they're, they're more of a instant gratification type mindset, these kids yep. now. So they don't really necessarily have the patience to see, you know, the big picture. Correct. Um, because they have that, you know, whether it's their phone or tablet, <laughs> internet, computer, right, yep. television. It's right it, there. It, it's all instant feedback, yes. and, and, and they need that. Um, so, you know, you have to evolve as a coach to be able to kind of give that to them. Um, and, and they want to they wanna be able to have give you feedback, too. So sure. one of the things I, I think a successful coach needs to do now is, is be able to communicate effectively with his players or her players, for that matter. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, uh, especially, I like what you said about the instant gratification because, you know, being that you're in education, I'm in education myself as 25 years as a school counselor. Social media and access to technology and information has forever changed the landscape of not only education, but our society in general. I mean, kids have access to information that I didn't have access to until high school or college. And uh, again, it's instant, it's unlimited. Um, and that can be a good thing. That can also be a bad thing, depending on, you know, who you have at home to kind of serve as that filter, as that kind of gatekeeper. Um, biggest challenge you face as a coach? Uh, you know, biggest challenge as a coach, I think, is the players getting pulled in too many different directions and, yeah. and hearing too many different voices. Um, and, and, you know, and I think that's always tough because, you know, from the coach's perspective, from the team's perspective, we have a certain goal, and that's for the team to be successful, you know, and, and whether that success is, you know, having a winning season or winning a section, I mean, you know, success is measured on a lot of different levels. Um, you know, success for our team could be, you know, every player, you know, finishes the season, you know, as a better hockey player in person than they were when they started the season. Um, I think the real challenge is, you know, when you have these players who are trying to commit to another travel program, um, when they go home and, you know, they're hearing from mom and dad that they should be on a different line. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the biggest challenge that we have as coaches, sure. especially coaches at school programs. Right. Um, you know, because it, it, it's, it's kind of funny the way, you know, you know, it, it, it's, you have the travel coach saying, you know, school's not important. The school <laughs> team's not important. Yeah. And then, and then you have the parents who, you know, feel like they can have more say in the school program for whatever reason. Right. Uh, sure. So I think those are the biggest challenges that coaches face. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, I see it in education as well, you know, whether it, you know, it's not not even uh, athletics, you know, I think just in general, I think, you know, parents feel like that they uh, have more of a say than they should. Um, Favorite moment or memory as a coach so far? I know, you know, uh, 15 years in as an assistant, certainly, you know, as a head coach, but is there something that stands out to you as a favorite moment or memory? Uh, you know, I obviously, you know, uh, as an assistant coach would be our first section championship. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, up at Brewster ice arena. Yep. Uh, we, uh, we were going up against John Jay who had beaten us pretty handily twice earlier in the year. And, uh, and just, 
we were a different team by the end of the season and we just came out and just really kind of dismantled John Jay. It hmm. was, it was really exciting because, you know, we hadn't won a section for years right. prior to that. So for that, that first one was really important. Um, and, and that, that was really exciting. That was also the same year we ended up going up to, uh, Utica for the final four. Nice. Ended up losing to, uh, Monroe Woodbury. Ah, inexplic- okay. Inexplicably was a, was a division two team that year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause they, they're D one. They actually won in 2007. They won the whole thing for, uh, as a division yep. one. So yeah, that is interesting. I had no idea that, uh, you guys that had lost to Monroe, I'll have to mention that to Coach Alessandrino when I see him next time. Because I do yeah, the yeah, I do the sure. I do the PA for them, so uh, that's it. I've known yeah. him over twenty five years too. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I guess as a head coach, you know, I, you know, it, it's funny. Like uh, I think one of the thing, one of my best moments was you know, kind of how much I've kind of brought to the program. Sure. I mean, we we do so much charity. Oh yeah. Um, you know, we, we started our Hockey Fights Cancer game, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, so we always donate a portion of the proceeds to the, to uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering in yep. Westchester. Yep. And every year we hand-deliver the check, and, and they're terrific over there. Nancy Diamond, who's the administrator over there, takes us on a full tour of the facility and, and kind of shows us where the money we bring in goes to, um, you know, and, and last year in particular, uh, when we delivered the check, she, uh, she actually showed us uh, the gaming carts that they bought oh, uh, nice, nice. with our money because, you know, it, it's it's good and bad, right? But um, the Westchester facility just started treating uh, pediatric patients. Right, and right. they really hadn't had anything for them to do while they were waiting. So they bought these game carts with Xboxes and Nintendo Switches and all that stuff. Amazing. And, you know, and showed us that and I think it was a really cool experience for those guys um, to kind of see you know that it, it's so much bigger than the game of hockey itself and, and how much impact that you know we as individuals can have um, so that that was really a proud moment for me as a coach to see all those guys kind of embrace that um, the other one I'd say is probably uh, playing playing Pelham a couple of years ago in 2016 that was probably one of my better teams and uh i remember we went down to the ice hutch to play pelham and we were uh we very early went down uh three nothing and then battled battled all the way back to tie it up ultimately losing the game to a very very talented pelham team you know with names like Hurd and the glockos smith and and all those kids but um you know, as a coach, it was just really proud, proud moment for me uh, just to see our guys really kind of dig deep and, and not quit in that game when they could have folded and, and make a competitive game out of it. Absolutely. I mean, I can imagine with 15 years in the game behind the bench as an assistant and a head coach, there's plenty of moments and memories, but those are some really good ones. And I do have to say, I have a stick taps portion of my show where I'm always you know, recognizing players, coaches, teams, charities, and I've, I've given out definitely my fair share of stick taps to rise. So keep up the great work. Um, you've been at this for a while again as a head coach and certainly as a player in this area. How would you describe the state of hockey in section one? You know, hockey in section one is just getting better and better. Um, you know, I think you can really see that now in the fact that, you know, we're always sending a section one team to the final four. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, uh, that, that wasn't the case years ago. Um, when a section one team made it to the final four, it was kind of rare. And I think the rest of the state kind of 
you know, I, I don't know that they'd openly tell you that, but they kind of look down on Section 1 hockey. Oh, I would agree. I would, I would wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. There's definitely, there was at one point a downstate bias. So, Oh, for sure. I, um, um, you know, and, and only a few teams, you know, it, it was hard too. To, even if you wanted to challenge your team, it was hard. You know, if you didn't have, you know, if you weren't from Suffern or Mamaroneck or Pelham or, you know, even to some extent Rye, just because of our history of traveling upstate, it's, right. it was hard to get games upstate, yeah. you know? Right, because they didn't and want, they didn't want to be bothered wasting a game with uh, some downstate, you know, young guys that maybe don't know what they're doing. So exactly, you know, yeah. and I think that's all started to change now, and you and you can see it with you know just this past week. I mean, I've seen all your tweets with all these different Section One teams going upstate and Absolutely. playing, doing well up there. So, you know, I think Section One hockey is is strong and, it, and it's just getting stronger. Oh, absolutely. The other the other testament I think to the growth of Section One hockey is Ed Witz's tournament, which I know you participated. You know, out of the twenty teams that came down, I want to say eight or nine of them were from well, two were from Albany. Uh, you had you know you had Saratoga, you had Shenandoah, but then you also had Lancaster, Clarence, Canisius, St. Joe's, West Seneca West, Niagara Wheatfield. I mean, those kids made the bus ride down to play in this tournament. Um, you know, so the fact that they're actively coming down, you know, and and looking to play the top competition here, I mean, that speaks for itself. And personally, you know, I've been to Buffalo the last two years. I watched Pelham win it all, um, and I watched uh, John Jay in North Rockland last year proudly represent Section One. I look forward to doing that again this year. My flight's already booked. My hotel's reserved, so I'm raring to go. Um, as we wrap up here, Coach, three more questions for you. I already know the answer to this one, and again, we're going to have to agree to disagree, which is fine. We can still be friends. Favorite professional hockey team? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to have to disagree on this one, but my favorite professional hockey team is the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, you like who you yeah, like. I'm going uh, to tip my cap to uh, to Mark Johnson on that one because after the uh, after that 1980 U.S. Olympic victory, um, I was just such a Mark Johnson fan. Sure. And when he ended up playing with the Devils, that was uh, that was one of my first jerseys. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had that Mark Johnson. He wore number 12 for the Devils, so I had that Devils number 12 that I probably wore out. Um, <laughs> And, and so I kind of, and I actually had the rare opportunity to, to meet him and spend some time with him this summer. Awesome. And, uh, and it, it was really cool uh, just kind of talking to the guy who was basically my idol as a yeah. little kid. Um, and, and I actually did share with him that uh, he's also the source of a lot of the grief in my life growing up in Rye, which is really the heart of Rangers. Oh, sure, yeah. They, practicing they, at Playland. Of course, of course. Uh, like, <laughs> I was like, you made my life very difficult being a Devils fan. <laughs> yeah, I used to, um, when they at Rye Playland, I would take like a Columbus Day or Veterans Day, you know, a day off of school and I would hang out in the parking lot and get autographs. I mean, I got a ton of stuff. The only the only player of note that I was never able to get was Wayne Gretzky, but I basically got everybody else. Brian Leach, Mark Messier, Adam Graves, Mike Richter, you know, and countless other number of players. Um, you know, so again, uh, you like who you like. And, and I have to say the Devils do a ton for high school hockey. I'm sure you know that they have that captain's night where every captain in New Jersey is on the ice, which is unbelievable. They have yeah. all those jerseys hanging in the in the arena because I will go to Devil Games because it's easy to get to. The tickets are, you know, less expensive, great sight lines. So I'm not certainly not knocking them. Um, but uh, so I get it. So your favorite professional player is is um, you just mentioned, right? Yeah. That, okay. Yeah, Mark Johnson. Mark Johnson. Later on, yeah, Kurt Muller became my next. Uh, there you go. 
next favorite player, and it's uh, it's kind of funny now. You know, I look back at my favorite players as kids, and they're both coaches. So. Yeah. See, well, that's a, that says something, though, because I think you probably saw something in those guys, too, that they were good locker room guys, good glue guys, leadership guys. Maybe they didn't yep. always put the points up, but, you know, again, you don't always have to do that. And I think I know the answer to this question, too. I'm going to ask it anyway as we close out. If Peter Thomas wasn't a hockey coach, he'd be a fill-in-the-blank. Uh, you know what? I, I'd probably be exactly what I am—a teacher, because uh, I think that's that's what my passion is. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, it, it's it's you know, kind of taking someone from point A to point B mm-hmm. and, and seeing that growth in them. So, and I think that's what makes a good coach, right? A good coach is a good teacher. Yeah, ab- um, absolutely. So, so if I couldn't coach hockey. I'd still be a teacher of some sort. You know, I, I, if you had asked me when I was a kid if I'd be doing this stuff as a school counselor, I probably would have told you you were crazy, but it really makes a lot of sense. My dad started teaching in Suffern in 1959. Uh, he was an English teacher. He was a history teacher. He became an administrator. My mom also taught. You know, I went away to college. I got a degree in cultural anthropology. You really can't do anything with that around here. So <laughs> I started working as a teaching assistant in East Ramapo. Uh, that's how I know Frank Alessandrino. He was East Ramapo's head coach at the time, and he kind of became my mentor and all these years later I'm still working with him in Monroe and uh, my sister's also a teacher so we kind of keep it all in there. My wife's uh, an administrator, she was a teacher as well so we kind of keep it all in the family so I get it. I mean there's nothing more rewarding than seeing, you know, taking a kid from point A to point B and then for me as a middle school guy seeing them go to point C and beyond, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I also do this Where Are They Now because I'm all about kids playing and representing their high school you know, through this great game. But what happens after high school graduation? You know, I talked to Sam Seltzer the other day. He's playing club at Cornell. I talked to Matt Pasalippo from North Rockland. He's playing club at Quinnipiac. Taylor Isom from John Jay is playing club down at Southern uh, Methodist University. So, and uh, Sam Whitehouse from Greeley is playing junior A in Canada. So it's great to kind of follow these kids and, and see what opportunities, you know, are out there for them through this great game of ours. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, that's the biggest part of it is, you know, where, where they go after this absolutely. and what we've done to prepare them for that next step you got it you got it i've been chatting with peter thomas he is the head coach of the rye garnets hockey team it's been my absolute pleasure we are almost at the 32 minute mark and i could probably talk to you for hours about this so but i'm gonna let you go and enjoy uh the first day of 2019 so again coach thank you so much for coming on i hope 2019 brings you you and your family certainly a lot of laughs good health good fortune peace and uh prosperity i hope the same goes for your team as well and i look forward to uh seeing you at the rink and i hope to be able to get to that january 30th tilt versus pelham i'm going to check my calendar to see if my uh, schedule allows for that well you know we'd love to have you there uh, absolutely you know whenever you can come you know you're certainly uh, an honored guest for us but uh, um i appreciate you happy new year to you and your family and, and wishing you all the best and, and to all your listeners as well oh thank you so much coach listen have a great day this is your boy trav and you're listening to hv pucks thanks again coach take care my pleasure Thank you. Uh, Be well.
As this episode for Season 3 comes to an end, it's now time for Stick Taps, where we honor, recognize, and acknowledge individual players, coaches, teams, or hockey-related events and charities. This season, Stick Taps will be brought to you each and every week by H4H, a growing car transport and handyman service company in Rockland and Long Island. Howie and Jesse are service-oriented guys known for providing quality service at competitive prices. For rapid, reliable, and relationship-driven car transport and handyman home improvements, call 516-497-1194. Mention the code 5MinuteMajor and receive a $25 discount off your next car transport service or $100 off your next handyman service appointment. Stick taps out to the Freehold Raritan Colts Neck Ice Hockey Team for bagging groceries at the Colts Neck ShopRite as a fundraiser on Sunday, December 30th. Stick taps out to senior goaltender Justin Schultz of the White Plains Tigers on making 25 saves in a 5-3 loss to Mamaroneck on Thursday, January 3rd to reach 1,500 career saves. Way to go, Justin. Stick taps out to the Liverpool Warriors varsity hockey team for hosting a teacher appreciation game on Friday, January 4th versus Notre Dame Batavia. Stick taps out to the Suffield Granby Windsor Locks Wildcats for hosting their third annual alumni benefit game on Saturday, January 5th at 5.30 p.m. at the Enfield Twin Rinks. Proceeds are to benefit Charlie Capalbo, who continues his brave fight against cancer. Stick taps out to Jackson Liberty's Joe Granza on becoming the first player in their program's history to record 100 assists. Way to go, Joe. Stick taps out to Leighton Sorez of the Hillsborough hockey team on joining the 100-point club on Saturday, January 5th. He becomes the third player to reach this feat this season, in addition to teammates Jason Wolf and Jude Curtis. Them Burrow boys as en fuego. Stick taps out to the Thomas Titans and the Webster Schroeder Warriors for um, hosting the Robert J. Smith Memorial Hockey Showcase to benefit the American Cancer Society on Saturday, January 5th. Stick taps out to head coach Dave Hansen of the Madison Dodgers hockey team on earning the 200th win of his career on Saturday, January 5th. Stick taps out to the Burnt Hills Boston Spa hockey team for collecting buddy blankets, which are then donated to local medical facilities to be given to military veterans and adults who are going through treatments for cancer and or other chronic illnesses. Stick taps out to the Pittsford Varsity Hockey Program for hosting their 10th annual Pink the Rink game on Saturday, January 19th at the Policini Center. JV plays at 530 and Varsity plays at 7. All proceeds to benefit the Breast Cancer Coalition of Rochester. Stick taps out to the Shenandoah Plainsman Varsity Hockey Team for participating in a Hockey Fights Cancer event on Wednesday, January 30th versus Saratoga. All proceeds will benefit the Jimmy Fund and the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Connor Golombuski was a player on the New Jersey Renegades and the Hunterton Central High School Hockey Team who tragically passed away on January 1st. On behalf of the HV Pucks family, I want to extend my deepest condolences to Connor's family his teammates, and anyone in the Hunterdon Central community for their loss. A GoFundMe campaign entitled To Fund the Connor G. Hockey Foundation has been created. Kyle Green was a student at Ramapo College. He was a member of the Tau Kappa Epsilon fraternity and an avid hockey fan. A GoFundMe campaign entitled uh, Kyle Green Funeral Fundraiser 
has been established to help support Kyle's family with the funeral expenses in their time of need. And, you know, these last two stick taps um, just kind of resonate with me and reinforce to me that, you know, it's more than just a game. You know, hockey is certainly a positive distraction for all of us. I mean, I thoroughly enjoy my time at the rink. Uh, but again, it is just a game, and sometimes there are things that happen in life that, um, you know, again, just reinforce to us how how important and special um, life is each and every day. So live it to the fullest, people. And if you know of a player, coach, team, or a hockey-related event or charity and would like them to receive stick taps in the future, please tweet me at TravJack71 using the hashtag HVPucks. sounds on this episode of HV Pucks. I want to thank my beautiful wife Marisol and my two daughters Juliana and Kayla for their never-ending support, love, patience, and understanding because our family time takes a hit over the next few months as I embark on another exciting hockey season. I love to interact with my followers and fans and you can always find me on Twitter at TravJack71 and on Instagram at 5 underscore min underscore major. And if you like the music you've heard throughout the show, be sure to check out the new full-length album, Out of Time, by Fracture, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. The new album maintains the same high level of energy as their debut 2015 EP, Broken Walls. You can also find them on Twitter at Fracture underscore band, on Instagram at Fracture Official, Fracture Band Official on Facebook, and www.fractureofficial.com on the web. The 2019 New York State All-Hair Team is looking to complete its roster. So tweet me a picture at TravJack71 and use the hashtag NewYorkStatePuckFlow to nominate your favorite high school player and or coach. Winners will receive a custom t-shirt. Attention all Section 1 players, coaches, parents, and fans. Peck's Skate Shop is looking for nominees for their Plays of the Month contest. Post your video on Instagram and tag at Pex Skate Shop and use the hashtag Pex Plays of the Month to enter. Each month, one winner will be selected to receive a Pex Skate Shop gift card. I'd also like to give a special thank you to the healthcare law firm of Einiger & Associates, specifically managing partner Scott Einiger, for underwriting Season 3 of HV Pucks. Your continued support is greatly appreciated. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink. <laughs>